Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith. And this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. Welcome to episode 14. Oh man, was this a crazy week. Yeah, hey you dum-dums. Yeah, you guys are dum-dums now and that's because you voted on it. If you haven't been following our um, Instagram, which you should because it's cool and we put pictures of all of the stories and stuff We have lots of fun over there. Yeah, and we have fun over there. And we did, um, Sally had an amazing idea to do... um, uh, some kind of like a name sports game. We did a name sports game. It was it was a bracket. A bracket. Okay. And, I, was, and she sent me the bracket and she was like, I made a bracket. I was like, I don't know what this means. I know. Jim was like, um, can you tell me how a bracket works? I was like, oh man. <laughs> how do I explain this? I'm bad at sports. Yeah. Actually. But um, you guys were really good at sports. You understood it. And you voted. We had how many? Five, six rounds? Yeah, it was crazy. And so, um, basically, and the bracket was for what do the listeners want to be called? Yes. Like, what do you want us to refer to, refer to you as? And um, it came, we got a lot of great suggestions. A lot of people submitted. Got a lot some, of like, bad really awesome. suggestions. Some were not good. <laughs> not going to lie. Some were not good. But it came down to, in the very end, it came down to dummies versus dum-dums. Did and you have a favorite? I'm not going to lie. I was a dummies person. You were a dummies. I you were really dummies. pulling for it. I was. I was like, oh man, I don't think dummies is going to win. And it didn't. Dum-dums won. But you know what? That's cool though. Dum-dums is very close to dummies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit split hairs. It's the same thing. And um, I'm going to learn to love it. And I know a lot of you guys love it because it, it won overwhelmingly. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. And Sally was a dum-dum. And my husband loves it. Yeah. Jim was like, can you get Ben to vote for dummies? And I was like, he says he's more of a dum-dum guy. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's all good and actually let's give a shout out to uh heather Heather. yeah i don't want to say your last name because i think you're like a real um a real person in the world yeah (laughs) but heather who's like hyc something 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 on instagram yeah um she suggested dum-dums and um and we love it and now you guys are dum-dum so uh thank you heather thank you and thank all of you guys who voted and participated that was fun that was a fun sport we did a fun fun. sport i think we should do more fun sports like maybe we could do a tournament to decide like what I should have for dinner or (laughs) dude I gotta learn some like okay so my husband um got my entire family to sign up for this like family um uh NFL fantasy football thing oh yeah I'm in a fantasy football are you and I've never done it but I was like fine he like needed to have 10 people for it to make sense right I was like fine I'll do it but I have no idea what I'm doing and so when we did the draft the other night I just went through and I picked all the players that had the nicest smile (laughs) I saw that you posted that so funny (laughs) that's a nice smile I'm gonna I'm gonna have the happiest team yeah that ever was and I am losing are you here's my strategy I had my husband draft for me because <laughs> we're exactly. in a we're both it's funny he was like kind of stressed because we're in the same league with like a bunch of comics 
And of course, I'm the only woman. And I think it was because they needed somebody to round out yeah. <laughs> the numbers. And um, and I was just like, I can't. I, in the past, I've done my own draft, and it's been fine. I've like, but I, I don't follow football at all. And uh-huh. I just was like, can you just do it? Because you know, every, he is so into sports. I was like, can you just do it all? And he <laughs> was drafting for himself. And for me, and I totally kicked ass last week. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. But he won too, so I didn't feel bad. So we both are winning. Well, if you guys have any ideas for other sports things Yeah, we like could I was do, thinking we could... Let's we learn could... about sports together. Right. Not real sports. I mean like dumb love sports. Dumb love sports, yeah. Like, let's do like a murder bracket or something. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Should we get um, to our quickies? Yeah, but real quick, I want to mention, this is so crazy, um, another crazy connection that happened this week is um so the last two quickies that I have done have been written by the same guy. Oh right, Drew Schwartz. Drew Schwartz for Vice magazine and my brother Bobby sent them to me. Bobby. Uh, Bobby. He, and so um we I've done two quickies both by the same guy and my friend Julie, shout out to Julie. Julie. Uh, she's a big <laughs> fan of the podcast and her boyfriend's a, um a big fan of the podcast too. He wrote us like a really lovely review. Um, they um, were listening and they were like, holy shit, that's my brother. No way. So Drew Schwartz is Jesse's brother. What a small and, world. Um, Julie's boyfriend. And so uh, Julie immediately started messaging me. Um, like it is, isn't that like the craziest coincidence? Yeah. Like I didn't even go looking for those stories. Like Bobby just sent them to me and right. they were great. They were great stories. Yeah. And he and, didn't know it. What a fun job Drew Schwartz has. Yeah, he gets dude. to write all the crazy dumb love stories. Yeah, man. You should join our team. Yeah, um, you should be a dumb dumb Drew Schwartz. Or we should join your team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe um, we should be vice heads. But thank you. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Drew Schwartz, for all of your hard work. And thanks for letting us talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, one update about one of his stories that I just found, too, is uh, Jared Cluding, the guy from last week that um, wouldn't give up his um, Louis Vuitton yeah. for the... Um, to the robber, I saw that he actually ended up donating his Louis Vuitton. Um, he sold it on eBay for charity. Wow. Isn't that so cool? That is really cool. That's amazing. That, but I, That makes me really love him. Like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, this is his prized possession so much that he was like, I'm not giving it up. You can shoot me. Yeah. But then he was like, you know what? It can do some good. Yeah. And he gave it away. You know what? That's, That's that makes so me really awesome. happy. I know. That's okay. Cool. So, yeah, now we can get to our quickies. quickies. You want to go first? I do want to go first. Okay, you go first. Okay, so um, my quickie is I I got it from a um, website called Canyon News, which I think is a L.A.-based news website, and the writer is Christiane McCormick. Um, Okay, so Jen, this is going to be a little personal, but have you ever been walked in on, (laughs) or have you ever walked in on anyone doing it? Um... Yes to the first one. Yeah. The second one, I walked in on my friends making out. Yeah. But it was a total, it was like my brain just short circuited because it was two of like my best friends that I never, ever in a million years would have thought were like like carrying on a secret (gasps) affair. They were having a secret affair? Yes. And I was like, hey, do you want to go get a (laughs) push? I was like, I'm gonna go see if they wanted to go get food, and I like walked in the room, and I was, I'm not gonna say who it was, but I saw them making out, and I immediately shut the door and was like, bah, bah, bah. 
my God. <laughs> and um, then I had to just like pretend I never saw it. And they, they didn't anything? see me. No. Oh, so they, they didn't, didn't see, see me. They didn't say anything. And then I had to like go get pizza with them afterwards. And we just, pre- I just like had to like pretend that like that didn't happen and I didn't know what was going on were you like dropping uh like makeout puns like hey do you guys I can't think of any right now yeah. but like <laughs> eat some pizza and make out no I uh no I just kind of was like don't look in my eyes look, <laughs> look down at my drink don't talk to me I feel weird but I was but yeah it was just like a waiting game of like for like weeks I was like are you going to say something? So when are you they, guys going to finally... They did eventually They became something. a couple? Yeah, but... Okay. It was it was a lot for me to hold in. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's a secret. I got walked in on doing it <gasps> with um, the, my boyfriend in college. Shout out to Jerry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not listening. Is he the one that walked in on you? Or no, the, no, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. How horrible. <laughs> No, we were, I was studying abroad, and so he came over to travel with me for my um, spring break, and we were in a a bed and breakfast, like a four-bedroom bed and breakfast in London, uh-huh. and, you know, we hadn't seen each other in, like, months, and so we go up to our room, and, like, immediately are, you know, we were, like, 20, whatever, and, yeah. um, and are in, you know, indisposed, and, um, and the in- owner oh my god just opens the door and walks in and just kind of like stands there and we're like uh go away go away what the heck and then and then she closed the door and through the door she's just like i just wanted to let you know that breakfast isn't whatever (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like i'm not fucking going down for breakfast (laughs) like i'm not gonna sit there with this woman I can't like, believe as an inn owner she would know to not just like walk into right. I think she heck? probably was like, well, I just they just went up there or something. I don't know. Oh, but, but still. Oh my god. Anyway, it was uh, very embarrassing. Um, so this is my quickie is about that. Okay, so Paul B and Gina R. I don't know their last names because this is all from a lawsuit. They got caught <gasps> by a window washer at the Lowe's Hotel, which is apparently a fancy hotel in L.A. Um, while they were making sweet, sweet love in their 15th floor hotel room. Well, they should be doing that in their hotel room. Well, right. Yeah. But they they know a window wash. Okay. No, no, it's not their fault. They didn't get sued. Okay. (laughs) Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, the window washer was like. That's a crime. I was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was so dirty. (laughs) Public nudity. Uh, No, so they, they were doing it and um, they said they had been at it for a couple minutes and then Paul out of the corner of his eyes saw the window washer (gasps) staring he says in like with a big smile on his face (sighs) and he said that the window washing thing you know the platform was totally steady so it wasn't like he was like going up or coming down so he's like he had been there for a while I'm like well you just started so um so anyway so they sued the hotel basically saying that that they should I don't know that the window washer like harmed them in some way that they said they have anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder well, from I mean, the incident I don't know about that. and they said they no longer feel comfortable being intimate even with the blinds closed and that their romantic relationship was like 
they basically they broke up over this incident because they couldn't have sex anymore. All right, all right. What are their names again? <laughs> Heather and John. Paul B. <laughs> Paul B. and Gina R. Oh, Paul B. and Gina R. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was on your team in the beginning. Right. I thought you were just doing your thing, and this gross window washer was watching you. Right. Like, yeah, that's gross. That's not cool. Yeah. Like maybe a free night at the hotel. Maybe some, was this in Vegas, you said? L.A. Oh, L.A., never mind. Okay. I was going to say maybe like some chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a free night in a hotel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I get whatever. it. I get it. Okay. That was like, it's not cool at all. I but get also, a lawsuit. But like, you're you're going to blame the downfall of your relationship on that window washer? Yes. And they've been together for eight years before then. And that's, then that's what... Crazy. You're, they were just looking for some else to take the blame for the the demise of their relationship. They're just looking for a payout. Yeah, and a payout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what are you supposed to do when you see somebody doing it? Like, of course you're going to like giggle and laugh. Like just the thought of that, me being a window washer and coming up on yeah. some people. I mean, I'm sure they weren't like, didn't look like porn stars. Yeah. They probably look like a couple have been together for eight years doing it. You're probably just like, oh man, that's sad looking. I mean, you, so you had that experience. Did you sue the... That lady at the hotel. Oh yeah, I now own that. And did bed you? <laughs> you didn't know Is that, that why you and your boyfriend broke up? <laughs> yeah, we did break up very shortly after oh, that. Oh, maybe you did, <laughs> but not because of that. It was because we shouldn't have. I mean, we were in college. Yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't yeah. have been in a relationship. But we actually broke up in Venice. I was going to say Vienna, but in Venice, like the most romantic. Oh, so you waited city to go to? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Did you wait till you were on a gondola ride to break the news? Oh, we were like on a bridge overlooking the thing. And I was like, I think we should break up, don't you? And he was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's some balls. Like, yeah, I know. Just because then you had, did you have to travel with him for the rest of the time? I think that was our last stop because we had been in London and then Paris, Rome, and then Vienna. And that was our last stop. And then I was going to like meet friends and he was going home because he had graduated and was like working. So he had also like basically funded the whole trip so I mean it, it was I was a horrible horrible person but we also just weren't right together so right. yeah he is just the nicest person in the whole wide world or at least was then I don't know anymore well that's well I think that's admirable yeah that you were like let's just break up let's just break up um uh <laughs> but I okay yeah good quickie but I'm not I'm not falling for it. No, I'm not on their side For those twos. I'm on the window washer's side. Me too at this point. Yeah. yeah. He's just doing his job and he comes across two people doing it. Like, yeah. He's a little gross. He should have kept going. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he, I mean. Yeah. Who's to know? They say. Okay, I'm on the hotel side. I'm on team hotel. Yeah. They want the windows clean. Not so much window washer. Like, when else is he supposed to wash the other guys? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. You got a quickie? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So this quickie was sent um, to us from um, one of our listeners. His name's John Bunyan. Yeah. Do you know him? I do know him. Awesome. How do you know him? John is a comedian. He lives in Cincinnati. He's a super, super funny comedian. Um, I don't know if it's the last time I was there, but maybe the time before, he, he featured for me, and he's just so hilarious it was like one of those times where you're like oh man i'm gonna have to do some work oh wow to like follow this but he's yeah he's such a he's a really nice person and um a really really funny comic that's awesome Mm -hmm. well thank you john for sending this in he sent us um this um story into us it's actually from StoryCorps from npr and it was written by kelly moffett it's a really you know i love StoryCorps. yeah 
Um, okay, so ever since Tom Gasco was a small child, he was always obsessed with vacuum cleaners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so me this too. is not like the car love yeah, story. This okay. is a little different. <laughs> he didn't like have sex with the vacuum cleaner. He just loved to vacuum cleaners. Although, it, can I just say that it the vacuum cleaner makes, makes more sense. sense. Yeah. You're right. I'm it like, I can actually kind sense. of understand how you might with a vacuum cleaner <laughs> than you can with a car. But um, his was just purely admiration and love for the machine. Uh-huh. Um, he, uh, he actually learned to read from his mother's vacuum cleaner instruction manual. Like he, like from six years old on, he was just obsessed with vacuum cleaners. Wow. Um, and so it, weird. Yeah. Um, and he said he would actually go up to strangers when he was little and be like, hey, do you have a problem with your vacuum cleaner? Because if so, I'd be happy to help you. <laughs> it's so cute. I know. Um, I'm like, it's very cute in a, a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, my, um, cause, um, my nephew, Preston, he, um, hello, Preston, I love you. Um, he you think is... Preston is listening? Uh, no, he's not. I... If he is, that's a huge problem because he's eight <laughs> years old. Um, but he is obsessed with, um, well, he used to be obsessed with fans. And there oh, was really? one birthday where, like, that's all he wanted. And we all just bought him different kinds of fans. And he that's was just, hilarious. like, so interested. He would take them apart and learn how they work. I mean, at a young age, yeah. he was, like, maybe three. And he was, Aww. like, trying to figure out how these fans worked. And he just loved them. It was so cool. That is really um, cool. So when um, Tom Gasco and Donnie Pedrola first got together in 2013, um, Pedrola really didn't know anything about va- vacuums. But because they didn't meet at a vacuum convention, or no, like he had him over to his house, and he didn't uh, like he came over to his house for their first date, and um, Gasco just talked for four or five hours just about vacuum cleaners and the d- different designs of vacuum cleaners. And then he started showing him all the vacuum cleaners that he had in his garage. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like slowly, like just inching your way up out the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But Pedrola, his, um, his now husband was super into it and he was like, um, like he was so interested in it and he had never seen anybody so passionate about something before and he had never heard of anybody collecting vacuums and he said he said um in the article he says and a collection of me is 50 to 60 but not 600 to 700 so this guy has 600 to 700 vacuums wow in his garage it's crazy but he said that um you know that passion that um tom had is what made him so special you know and i get that yeah i I can totally get that like seeing someone be so passionate yes like i i find that attractive in people i do too i love when people are like unabashedly not ironically just into something weird yeah it's it's so interesting to me because i'm like i don't have very many like weird passions i don't yeah yeah and i just am like hi man i love people who just get like throw them whole their whole selves into something like i love i don't know people who are into like cosplay and yeah man that's probably really fun Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) i love that go and do it totally um i remember when my friend nikki started getting really into birds i feel like bird watching is now somewhat trendy is it but like Kind of, but back then, like bird watching was just like not like an old person sport. Yeah. yeah, but she did it 
so passionately and so unironically and and was so fascinated by bird watching that I would like I had such a girl crush on Nikki because I was like dude you're awesome yeah I love how much you love birds right <laughs> <laughs> and so um uh he said um so Pedrola, Donnie Pedrola says, my life is totally different now. I see things differently and I view people differently. And he says, because he sees the way that um, his husband gets so excited about the simplest things. Oh, and, um, I like that. I know. And um, uh, Tom Gaska also says that um, the day that I pass after you cremate me, I want you, to, he said this to his husband, the day after I pass, after you cremate me, I want you to take my va- favorite vacuum, which is the airway, and I want you to vacuum my ashes up into it. <laughs> he said, I want to spend eternally, uh, eternity in that airway vacuum cleaner. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. Oh, man. I just think that's awesome. I do too. I would love to hear about your guys's weird passions yeah send yeah. it I like we love that so please send it to us yeah so you can always email us at dumblovepod at gmail.com please send in your your love stories your dumb love stories your crazy love stories because we want to hear those too and they don't even have to be personal um you know we've p- been getting people sending us like cool articles that they found or cool stories that they heard of like you know yeah. um send us those too um that's we need material. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks. Yeah. For sending them yeah, in. Thanks, Thank John. you, John. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready for a crazy, crazy story? Yes, I very much am. Okay. I'm, I'm so excited about this one. Um, I got... Uh, most, of the, most of the information from um, a Dateline... Uh, from 2017. My favorite. <laughs> Do you, is it your favorite? I, I love Dateline. It's just endless, endless fun. No, it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> it's endless information. It is. Yeah. Just yeah. like fascinating people's weird lives. Um, I also got information from a BuzzFeed article by a reporter named Jessica Testa. And a lot of the reporting came from about this, like, that kind of breaking this whole story was Kate Briquet um, in the Daily Beast. So Ooh. thank you to all of them. Okay, so Michelle Hadley was in her mid-20s when she met U.S. Marshal Ian Diaz in August of 2013. And she, Michelle was like, um, people said that she was like a real go-getter, she was an overachiever, and she kind of grew up in this, like, having this fantasy that, like, she wanted to marry this prince, like she was a princess. And when she met Ian, she kind of felt like he was. He was like this, he was in his mid-30s. He was, um, you know, he's a U.S. Marshal, which is kind of sexy, right? And they like instantly became very serious very quickly. And so on their second date, he told Michelle that he loved her, which is like crazy pants. Murdery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it sounds... Yeah. Okay. But, but it just is like... I think she was totally swept up in it too. Uh-huh. So it wasn't just him being overbearing, but also she was just like a pretty, had as a pretty intense personality as well. And so um, they really just like hit it off. And um, in December of 2014, for her 28th birthday, Ian took Michelle on a trip to New York City where he proposed her on the top of um, Rockefeller Center. Oh. Um, which, if just pro tip, 
if you go to New York and you want to see the city from the top of a building, go to the top of the rock, not Empire State State Building. Building. Because you can see the Empire State Building from the top of the rock. Top of the rock is so cool. That's like my one touristy thing that when I tell people to go to New York, like to do in New York City is to go to top of the rock. I think it's like, it's just an amazing view and it's a really cool experience. And it doesn't have all the obstructions that um, Empire State Building has. Okay. Hot tip. Hot tip from a person who lived in New York for three years. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good tip. Yeah. Um, Okay. So she said yes. And then they ended up buying a, into a new uh, condo complex in Anaheim, um, which was near Michelle's job at Disney. And she ended up, she put the down payment down um, because he didn't have the money to do it. And so, but they were able to move into the condo in June um, but within two months, Michelle had moved out and she would move back into her parents' house. Um, but even though, so even though they had broken up, they still had this mortgage together and they just couldn't agree on how to split it. So it became really contentious. Like they both got lawyers and Michelle like started emailing Ian and was like accused him of being abusive and of cheating on her. Hey. Um, and in September, she sent him this bananas email with the subject line of Gone Girl and what? I don't really know what that, but there was like, it was like the real estate contract that they had been, tr- settlement they had been trying to figure out. And then she like wrote paragraphs and paragraphs under each thing. There were all these like crazy references to like the Bible and God and Satan and to this like mythical demon called Lilith. And it was talking about like the daughters of God and how she was, it said things like, please explain to your real estate attorney that God's law is above all all laws, including the law of man. And uh, and then it said, like, Lilith, you may try to hide behind the law of man, but it's a weak shield. Whoa. It was just, I mean, but it was, this was, like, rambling and on and on and on. So he was actually, he was so freaked out that he filed a restraining order against Michelle, accusing her of, like, infidelity in it and saying that because of her, like, fits of fury and, like, that she would go into rages, that he was afraid for her his safety. Um, the restraining order actually was never, like, it was never ordered. It was, like, it was dismissed. Um, And in, because I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't know if he didn't pursue it or if it just, they didn't find any proof of it. But in November, they reached a settlement agreement about the condo, which allowed Ian to stay in the condo, um, but it gave him six months to get his own mortgage. So basically, like, he had to buy her out. Um, or if he didn't get his own mortgage in six months, he was going to have to sell the condo and then split the profit with her. So after the settlement, Michelle said that she moved on. She was like, I'm moving on. She started dating again. She went back to grad school. Um, but she continued to send Ian emails. Like sometimes they would be like sweet. And then other times they would call him the Antichrist or Satan and just like rehash their relationship. Like just really like pretty intense stuff. Um, and then right after the breakup though, but Ian did move on. He started dating someone new and within a month of meeting this new woman, he was married. They got married to this woman named Angela. This guy moves real fast. Yeah, he's real, he's real quick. He was ready to get married. So, um, and then three months into their marriage, Angela announced that she was expecting a baby. Um, so it was right around then, right around the time that she announced she was expecting, that Angela started receiving emails too. And they were like 
these long and rambly emails and they would say things like Ian doesn't love you. Michelle is his one true love. Um, they would talk about how Ian was cheating on Angela and that she better get out of the picture. Michelle was not writing them as was writing them like as a third person. or So they were from all of these different email accounts Oh. And, but they were all the same kind of thing. Like sometimes they would be really horrible. They would like include photos of women who were like beaten. Oh my God. Or women who were like naked and being strangled. <gasps> um, and then, and they all had these like weird biblical references. Like um, they sounded very much like the emails that Ian had been receiving. Um, but some of them were from like, this like account called Lilith Truth, which was like she had referenced this Lilith demon in her mm-hmm. emails to Ian. And some of them were from an account called Jason Ray, but they were all signed. They all had Michelle in them. They all were signed from Michelle, but they weren't from these account from her email account. Mm-hmm. So Angela got an email. Um, one of the emails had the subject line, die. And it said, I hope you're prepared for death tomorrow. Don't sleep. Be watchful of the daughters of God. We will steal your child and we will watch it Holy as it dies. Shit. Isn't that dude crazy? Oh my God. If I was pregnant and I was getting emails like that. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I know. It's horrifying. And, and it said it was signed from Michelle Hadley. Okay. So then on May 31st, just a barrage of threatening emails came all at once. And Angela had had enough. So... Um, she went to the courthouse and she filed a restraining order against Michelle and the restraining order said that like cited the, the emails and the threats. And then the police go to serve Michelle with their restraining order. And she says that she's, she is shocked that she never sent Angela emails. She didn't even know that Ian was married, um, let alone threaten her. She didn't know he's married. Like, why would she threaten his new wife? She didn't even know her name or that she was a person. Um, but Anaheim police though say that there was like clear and convincing evidence that Michelle was the one sending the message. So the restraining order forbid Michelle from making any contact with Ian, but it didn't, the emails didn't stop. So on June 6th, Angela received an email that said, you will pay for this. I hope to God you're ready for the pain. I will show you. Oh my God. I know. And so, and they, I mean, they just kept coming. There were so, there was tons of these like really just crazy pants emails. So then three weeks after the original restraining order, police are back at Michelle's and they have a search warrant for her devices. So she handed them over. She gave them her passwords. And after looking through her emails and phone, Michelle was arrested um, for violating the restraining order. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put her booking photo up but I mean, oh, she had to say her phone number. <laughs> we'll put a phone number we'll you can check her emails. her password <laughs> i mean she gave them over so um but what? she has like these like huge crazy pants eyes like she looks she looks did crazy. she look like dead-eyed uh terry she Isn't looks like whew, like she big eyes and like a teeny mouth like she's very surprised oh, and very wow. like it looks like she's like on has as having a mental break. Oh shit! Um, but her parents posted the bond the next morning, and she got out on bail. And then Angela reported that the night Michelle was in jail, she didn't receive any emails. But then almost immediately after she got out, she started receiving them again. Uh-huh. So and then things just got worse because this is so awful. 
but police discovered that someone was responding to ads on Craigslist, like as Angela. And they were ads of men who wanted to act out rape fantasies. And so someone was responding as Angela saying like, yeah, come on over. I want to do this. Here's my address. Oh, my God. And giving Angela's address. (gasps) That's insane. Yeah. So on June 13th, Angela and Ian reported that a man showed up at their door expecting to like live out this rape fantasy with Angela. Holy crap. What did that look like? Like knock, knock, knock. Well, like I'm here to... (laughs) I'm here to rape you. I'm here like, to rape you. Are then, we gonna do this? Like, how did they? Oh my god! And yeah. like, and then how did they? Like, oh, I can't. I know. I'm well, because to, part of that, and I then they're like, is no, that, I don't know who you are. Because part of it is like, does so did the guy try to attack them? And then this, the first time they said no, that I mean, Ian was there. Um, so the guy was confused. He was. Like, he was confused. Oh, yeah. Um, that they sent him away and were like, this is a mistake. You, We don't know what's happening here. Um, and they called the police. But then that same night... How do you sleep that night? Right? Can well, you imagine? Like several other men showed up that <gasps> same night. Um, and, oh, my God. And then, I don't know if it was the same night or another night, but Angela reported... Um, called the police and said that one of the men actually did try to attack her. And oh she was God. like out in her her like carport garage and that a man came and, and tried to rape her and that she <gasps> called the police. And when they got there, they found her with like, she had like abrasions on her neck. Um, she was like very obviously upset. Her shirt was torn. Oh and you can God. see the pictures. We can, I don't know if we'll post that one, but um, there are pictures of that as well. And police were like, this is, this is obviously Michelle. Like, this is her escalating. Um, they didn't have any proof. They just believed they had, like, motive. They thought, like, Michelle was... They're like... I mean, she's like a woman scorned, right? She's yeah. going after the new girlfriend. And also, there was, like, this condo issue because Ian had not been approved for a new mortgage. And they were coming up on the six-month... Right. Like, six-month like, deadline. And he and Angela were going to have to sell the condo. But he was, like sending emails saying, I will not sell. So on July, so that was June 13th. So they hadn't, they didn't, they had no proof that it was Michelle, but they were watching her. But then on, um, on July 11th, another ad was posted or another response was posted to a rape ad, um, giving Angela and Ian's address. And then on July 12th, even though she was under investigation for all of this harassment, Michelle filed a breach of contract suit against Ian for failing to sell the condo because that was like... That was the deal. That was the deal. And then the next day, July 13th, Angela calls the police saying that there was another man outside of the condo um, from these ads. And police get there and they found a 17-year-old kid who was like loitering around and he said he was responding to one of these rape ads. Oh another my one. God. Can you imagine... If that was your 17-year-old son. Right. And you found that, like, oh, my God. Like, this is your thing? Okay. Holy shit. Couldn't get into, like, playing bad guitar. Or, like, Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> so, police were like, this is, um, this, like, can't, this is really getting very dangerous, like, for Angela. Yeah, so, why would they want to stay in that condo? I know. Right? There's so many condos. <laughs> so many condos. So out many there. condos. Um, but they're also in LA and they own it, you know. Oh, so okay. Very expensive. But so they arrest Michelle um, for felony stalking, making criminal threats, and six counts of attempted forcible rape. 
Um, and it, it became like this huge story. Like every headline was like, here, you know, crazy ex-girlfriend and her bail was set at a million dollars. And her family, basically, they could either pay the, like raise the bail or pay an attorney. And they were like, Angela was like, or pay sorry, Michelle was like, pay the attorney. <clears throat> I didn't do this. Um, and so she stayed, she waited in jail. And in jail, because she faced sex charges, she was branded as like the worst kind of thr- criminal. So um, she was strip searched. She was confined to her cell 23 hours a day. And she was, she says that she was denied access to like toilet paper, sanitary products, contact lenses. Um, and her parents on their part, they like, despite all of this evidence or the, the, like, they just couldn't believe that Michelle was guilty. So they started looking for a lawyer to help her and they started digging around themselves to like find anything that they could do to help their daughter. Um, and they decided that the only way to help Michelle is to prove that she didn't send the emails. So her dad had copies, all of the copies of the emails from the case file. Like, which can you imagine, like, your dad reading all of these things and being like, this these are from my daughter. This is crazy. But he was like, they believed her. He, she had actually been living with them after she moved out of Ian's. So they were like, she didn't do this. He used a website that you could like trace IP addresses and. Um, her mom would organize all the information in a spreadsheet and they basically were like highlighting when the IP addresses were the same and they were trying to figure out like if there were any of these times when this happened that they could prove that Michelle was could didn't not have access. there yeah didn't, or, have a, yeah didn't have access to email or not at the place um, they hired a lawyer who agreed to help them and they found that they could prove that some of the times emails were sent was when Michelle was in class because she had started a grad program. And they, at one time in particular, they were like, she was doing a final presentation during this time. So like, even if in class she could have sent emails, like at this time she could not have. And meanwhile, like police and prosecutors are like, whatever, we don't buy it. They're trying to like solidify their case against Michelle. But like the more they dig, the more they're like, something's not right here. Like something, they couldn't verify that emails were coming from Michelle's device. They had all of her stuff and they couldn't find anywhere. Well, then how did she go to jail if they hadn't? Well, I think because of all of the like similarities between the emails, they were signed from her. It seemed like they kept coming back to like this language, right? They they were like, this is like... The God stuff. Yes. The religious imagery was in Michelle's email were also in the emails that were sent to Angela. So her lawyer was basically like, you you don't have any real evidence. So he worked out a deal where the prosecutor would release Michelle before trial and not... But, like, he wouldn't drop the charges. So she was in jail almost three months just sitting there. And when she was released, she was, like, still had to wear an ankle bracelet, but she was out on bail. Um, And then police finished the search of Michelle's devices, and what they found (gasps) might shock you. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. They found that they could conclusively prove that the emails did not come from Michelle, they dropped the charges against her, and she was free. But now they had to figure out who sent these emails. Right. So without a suspect to check the IP address against, they had to do a lot of like warrants and searches. I don't really understand internet things. Um, I'm just imagining them doing a lot of like ask Jeeves. I don't know. (laughs) It took them a long time. It took like weeks to do to 
get this information is what the police said. There's some like question about that, but like uh-huh. they it found they found out that some of at least some of the emails were proven to come from Angela and Ian's condo. Oh my god. It was coming from inside the house. Oh my god, when a stranger calls. <laughs> oh my god. So they were doing it to themselves to keep the condo? So well so suddenly they're like these victims were both suspects. <gasps> So, but police started zeroing in on Angela. They started questioning her story of the alleged rape because in her garage because um, the, they had surveillance cameras and they didn't show anyone coming or going. And her like wow. injuries that she had were super, very superficial. So Ian actually at this point goes to police and says that he suspects Angela of <gasps> trying to frame dirty. Michelle. Yes. Solder. Yep. And so they start looking into Angela's past and they realize that she has a pretty sketchy history. Like she oh, had written. Oh, maybe don't marry somebody after you've known him for <laughs> right? a Google oh. her first. Dude. Google it. Do All some, right. do so some Google searching. So she had written bad checks. She had lied um, oh, on different jobs. Man. She had like pretended to be a doctor at one point. She'd faked cancer <gasps> with like a previous boyfriend. Oh, that's the worst. And it turns out. So she had said that during this whole ordeal that she had miscarried that because of the she stress. She wasn't pregnant. She was never pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it turned wow. out she had lied about being pregnant by using some, apparently they prank sonograms that she had found on Etsy, which like, I don't know. Stop is that a prank? Etsy. <laughs> is that a prank? Don't do that. I mean, unless the baby is holding up a middle finger or two middle fingers. Right. And that's it's pretty funny. It's not a funny prank sonogram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not weird. Not funny. So I know you can buy positive pregnancy tests. You on, can on the dark webs. <laughs> Are you on the dark webs, Jeff? I'm not, but I've I've heard of people doing that before. Like to be funny or no? Like are trying to fake pregnancies? Fake pregnancies? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Or like not like friends, like, but like you read about it. Or, like, friends. Oh, no. None of my friends. No, I've seen it, like, on, like, Mori Povich and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People get, like, uh, fake pregnancy tests. Uh, okay. And then apparently can, like, buy them. So he's like, you're not the father, and you're not the father, yeah. and nobody's the father. <laughs> well, that's another business you can have. Well, well, actually, well, we can't because we're not pregnant. Let's find a pregnant lady, get her okay. to pee on a bunch of sticks. Okay. And then we'll sell them to sell them off yeah because it'd be like real pee yeah it has to be real pee all right okay hey man if you're gonna you know go through pregnancy make some money off it i guess right it's like when women when women sell their underwear i'm like good for you yeah weirdo wants your underwear i'm sorry if you're a weirdo who wants underwear but it's weird but fine if that's your thing then like why not why not make some money from wearing underwear it's just called being a good business person right I think we have another side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they got warrants. The police got warrants to search Angela's devices. And it turns out that some of the emails had come from Angela's cell phone. So six months after... What an idiot. Yeah. Six months after Michelle was originally arrested, Angela Diaz was charged with a felony. And three days after Angela's arrest warrant... Uh, Angela's arrest was the first time that prosecutors publicly exonerated Michelle. So they had like let her free, but they had, it had been 
a huge news story. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it was a sensation. Of course, you can imagine, like, crazy ex-girlfriend. And she has, she looks, I mean, really, I we have to post this this booking photo because she does look, she has crazy eyes. I would eyes. look crazy, too, if well, I, I know. was, like, thrown in jail for no reason. For no reason. So yes. Yeah. And you were like, I don't even know these, I don't know this person. Like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. Man. And she sat in jail for three months. Oh, my God. And as charged as a sex offender. So... So, um, they finally, so she actually had to go to police, to law enforcement and tell them if they didn't announce that they were, that she was innocent, that she would go to the media and tell them about all these like investigative shortcuts that they'd taken. Like that she, because like, you know, they didn't really have proof to arrest her. Yeah. Because like if they should have been able to see that, what IP address it was coming from. I feel like that's like basic... Right? Computer nerd shit. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't I mean, do I mean, it. I mean, <laughs> but her dad could do it. Yeah. And I didn't can't know do it, but I know a couple nerds that can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got nerds. I, I got, got nerds. nerds. Um, so Ian was never questioned or charged, but both Angela and Michelle agree that that was a mistake. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, what? Yeah. So Angela's lawyer says that Ian had the motive and opportunity Um to devise this scheme. And although the Anaheim police pointed to the fact that Ian was at work as a U.S. Marshal when some of the messages were sent from the condo, it turns out that he filed his timesheets after the fact and they were not verified, that he just was able to like make his own timesheets. Um, and so it doesn't, they don't, he could have been there. He also, the lawyer also pointed out that Ian had an app on his phone called Hotspot Shield, which can hide IP addresses <gasps> and that some of the email contained information about the condo settlement that Angela couldn't have known about. Whoa. And so after things went down, Ian, they tried to search his phone, but he was like, oh, I gave I that, that phone. Everything. He gave, had given it to his mom who lived in Idaho. And so the police don't have like jurisdiction to search it. So they can't search that phone. Um, in August of 2016, someone named Lacey, who was the name, he claimed to be a former girlfriend of Ian's, who apparently this, there is a former girlfriend of Ian whose name is Lacey, but this emailer actually spelled it wrong. Um, but they started sending emails to that Daily Beast reporter and to a detective in Anaheim saying, like, basically being like, Angela is wonderful. She's this good person. Like, Ian is horrible. You got to check into him. Like, um, but then when they started asking the emailer to, to confirm her identity, she stopped responding. So they're pretty sure it was Angela sending those emails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd think she would learn her lesson on emails. You'd think, but did she? I don't know. I don't so know. in October of 2018, Angela was sentenced to five years in jail. And then Michelle, for her part, um, says that during their relationship, Ian was verbally and physically abusive, that he would track her movements, like he had some kind of tracking device on her car, on her head tracking, was tracking her online activity, and that he was constantly pressuring her to have a threesome. And she says that when she finally gave in, that he filmed her with a stranger that he solicited on Craigslist. Oh my God. Yeah. And she like begged him to destroy the tape and he refused. And oh that my God. She said that he would like, at times hold her down and um and like just like rant at her and that he was like 
pretty awful. So she that's when she had moved out after they moved in. So at the beginning of this year, she filed a, a lawsuit in federal court alleging that Ian Diaz, this is was so a quote from it, it was so hell-bent on punishing her after their relationship dissolved that he plotted to frame her for stalking and threatening his new wife. She actually believes, and then she is also suing the Anaheim Police Department because they say that she they ignored his like his role in it because he was like a, um, a police Marine. yeah or a, a u.s marshal marshal um and she says she alleges that ian orchestrated the whole thing wow so she's suing um the anaheim police department and this is to your point because she says that three days before her arrest they actually had information showing that at least 21 of the threatening emails came from the ip address in the condo so, oh my god yes that is so fuck yes Oh my God! I know. So are Angela and um, and um, Michelle are they like friends and they're working together? No. Okay. No. I think Angela did have. I mean, she obviously had a had hand some in this to do with it. But yeah. They, but they just think that Ian also that it was them together. Do you think that maybe he sought out a person with kind of a sketch past and oh, who too. was known to be a liar and married her immediately to set up this whole thing? I think allegedly, maybe. Wow. <laughs> Possibly. I'm like, I don't know, but that is... Maybe he did. Yeah. Because like, that's why like, if he was like, oh, this girl has a past of being a liar, I can easily throw right. her under the bus. Yeah. And, and she will go along with my scheme because she basically was like, would do anything what for him. What a piece of shit, this guy. Yeah. Oh so nobody died. Okay. Nobody died. Is he still out of jail and like living his life? Yeah. So this, Fuck I mean, this guy. yeah, he has never been investigated. He's never been had any What's charges against him. Ian, Ian Diaz. Diaz. Let's U.S. Say it Marshal. Ten times. U.S. Ian Marshal Ian Diaz. Piece of shit. Allegedly. No, he is one. Allegedly, he is in my book. Yeah. Well, that's piece your shit. opinion. You're not a fact. Like, I yeah. could say he's a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, you can say he's a piece of shit. <laughs> You can't say that he definitely sent the email. I'm not like, I can't like put him in jail. I can say he's a piece of shit. Well, like, no, can I get defamation? No, you, not for an opinion on his. My but. opinion is that he's a piece of shit. How yeah. About, how about that? How about that? Sounds perfect. Oh, my God. Right. Hey, Sally. Hey, Jen. Are you ready for a love story after that crazy story? I am ready for a love story. Good, because I have one. Woohoo. Um, okay, so this article. Well, this story um, comes by way of uh, articles from the Chicago Tribune and NBC Chicago, but a lot of it came from um, The Patch, Illinois, and it was written by Jeff Graveline. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Um, So in 2013, Elizabeth Kruger was a 24-year-old certified nursing assistant from Tinley Park, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, So for weeks, she was feeling really run down and generally like just not well, just like just sick. Was she and, getting poisoned? Ugh, no. Okay. <laughs> no poison. One day, she accidentally like scratched the side of her face and just got like the smallest little cut on the side of her face mm-hmm. and it bled for over six hours, oh, no. which really concerned her because, you know, it was a small cut and it yeah. shouldn't have been bleeding that much. So she decided to go see a doctor and then the doctor, he just right away knew something wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and then he thought that, um, you know, that 
with a face bleeding and not well with like a cut bleeding and not clotting sometimes that has something to do with your liver so he urged her to go see a liver specialist and um so she did she went and saw a liver specialist at the university of illinois chicago um and she had a biopsy and um they um unfortunately the news from the biopsy was devastating and she was diagnosed with stage four liver disease just two weeks before her 25th birthday oh my gosh yeah that's Um, so awful i know and she was given um just a 50 percent chance to live um just uh, just two months longer like she they were like you you have 50 percent chance of making it two more months and so they were looking for a donor but you know when um donors usually come from people that have passed away right and you know it it just wasn't they weren't able to find one and then so she said like you need to go the doctors told her like you need to go actively look for a living donor like someone that would be willing to give you their liver like or a piece of their liver Oh, okay i was like is that possible yeah i didn't know that it was but apparently it was so um she was able to hang on for a few months and she was actively looking for a donor and um, this man named Chris Dempsey, uh, he was working at the village of Frankfurt at the time, overheard Heather's cousin telling another coworker about Heather and yeah. her situation and needing this liver. So he overheard it and he was uh, immediately was like, I, you know, if I was in this situation, I would want someone to help me. And he was like, um, I'll do it. What? And so, yeah. So this guy just overhearing the conversation, never yeah. having met her, just said that I'll do it. And so he went to Chicago to get the test to see if he was a match. Yeah. And he was a match. Oh, my God. So and that just goes to show, like, I don't know, when you when you get those things on Facebook, people are like, spread the word about whatever. You just, like... I don't know. You never know who it's going to touch and who's going to yeah. see something and be like, I can do that. I could take action. and um, Or just, I don't It's just so that you never know where things are going to come from. I know. He said, um, he said, when I find out, found out I was a match, to tell you the truth, I was excited about it. To be able to help somebody in this way is the ultimate gift to somebody. A lot of people thought I was crazy. Yeah. Like, he was just super excited to do this. So a few weeks later, they, like, met for lunch. And in the months leading up to the surgery, um, they, like, you know, went to movies together, dinners. His He actually has a motorcycle club, and they threw a fundraiser to raise what? money for the procedure. Um, so... They hung out for three months before the surgery and, you know, they said that even though they didn't, the sparks were there, but they didn't see them then, but they see now that like there were sparks there. Right. So then a few weeks before the surgery happened, Heather kissed Chris while they were watching a movie and Chris is, he wasn't, he wasn't like expecting it, but I saw in another interview where he was talking about how, um, that, when they were at it was when they were at the um the motorcycle club um benefit or whatever and he that he just like knew he was like i think i might want to spend the rest of my life with this woman and so it was like before they were were saying i'm sure i want to spend the rest of my life in this woman like no liver in this woman oh yeah my liver oh Oh, sorry i meant sexual i was like sally god this is a love story damn i'm gonna just get real dirty (laughs) (laughs) I knew there was a risk when I said it, but it was, I mean, it wasn't Uh, really worth saying, but (laughs) 
I was like, this, this might be taken wrong. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so she said, so Kruger, um, Heather Kruger said that um, she just felt like, you know, before the transplant happened, even though they never discussed it, she felt like they were together, you yeah. know, just going through this together. So they went into surgery. They had eight, like, so it was eight hours for Chris and 12 hours for Heather. And they were three rooms apart from each other. Yeah. And so they would just, you know, they would go, you know, visit each other and walk around the nurses station together and just they, you know, just recovered together. Yeah. And then so they started dating and then they went on a trip a few months later. They went on a trip to Chicago and they went Christmas shopping and he took her on like a horse and carriage Aww. ride. Yeah. And then took her out to go look at this gazebo and then he ended up proposing to her and they did get married um and they they've been married for years and then the um the story got so big you know it's such a like an amazing love story that the hallmark channel created um a movie yeah i was just about it yeah hallmark movie it's called once upon a christmas miracle um (laughs) starring amy teagarden and brett dalton i don't know who those people are i don't either but it looks like a nice movie yeah and um so they um and the they are actually in the movie really so you can see them in the scene where they're at the ben the motorcycle club benefit yeah you can see um right behind the couple playing them um you know they're dancing right behind it you could see them dancing in the background oh isn't that so sweet that's so sweet God, what a random like like overhearing a conversation taking that action and just being like a selfless person and then look what it got him yeah a, a life partner and what's even uh, cooler is that they um are continuing to do good together so she's like she like she almost didn't see another month, you right. know, and she now she's like they're ha- living happily together, and she can see another day and another day, and she's she's doing well. But they want to make um, help other people have that same outcome. So yeah. what they they work together. Um, with for an organization called Gift of Hope, which they work as the middlemen for hospitals and transplant centers to spread awareness about organ donation. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea that you could donate part of your liver yeah. as a live person. Yeah, he actually, get, it was 55% wow. of his liver. And then your liver just regenerates? I That I don't know. Right. I, we I, need a, we need, you know who we need? Dr. Dudefuck. Let's get Dr. Dudefuck on the phone. Get on the line. Uh, we'll, we'll get an update from Dr. Dudefuck yeah. about how your livers regenerate. I don't know. It's Who like knows? an inchworm. An earthworm. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, love... that's my love story, and it's so sweet, and it has such a happy ending, and they're giving other people a happy ending as well. I love it so Not much. Not in a sexual way, Sally. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he wants to be in her for life. <laughs> All right, Jen, are you ready to do something dumb and something we love? Yes, I am. Okay, remember how last week I was all excited because I had I was going to surprise Ben for his birthday? Yes. And take him on a trip, and I was like, if everything goes well, when you're hearing this, it would have been a perfect surprise, and we get, got back from a magical weekend away, oh, and I totally man. fucked myself, Jen, for talking about it on the podcast. Oh. Because... Uh, so Tuesday I started my new job uh-huh. and about like a half an hour into getting there, so I was crazy. like oh my off, God. I like, it was at a meeting about an hour away and I get 
a call from Ben, my husband, that he is like in so much pain that he needs to go to the emergency room and he is with our three-year-old Max. And our neighbor, who is just like an amazing, she's uh, more than neighbor, she's a really good friend. She dropped what she was doing, she's a photographer. She was like working, her kids were at, at daycare. And so she came to our house, picked up Max and Ben, took Ben to the emergency room and stayed with Max the whole day. And so I'm out in Marietta, which is like, you know, a faraway place if you're not from Atlanta. Um, I mean, it's not that far, but traffic is crazy. So yeah. it took, I had like, like 45 minutes. Yeah, I didn't hour. have my car. So I had to get an Uber oh. and get to the hospital where my husband is like, I mean, he's, people like, were like, oh, men are such babies. And I'm like, but Ben actually isn't. He really is like, he is never in the, 15, 16 years we've been together, he has never taken off work except one day when I made him because I was like, you just had a stomach bug and there are pregnant women in your office. You can't go to work tomorrow, you know? So that is the only time he's ever taken off work. But the fact that he was like, I need help. You need to come on your first day at a new job. So anyway, it ends up he had a kidney stone, which they were like, maybe I'll probably pass in a day or two. Nope. Nope, just still writhing in pain. I mean, so bad he couldn't talk. He could barely talk. He was oh, on pain God. meds, but he's just at home. I mean, he was like, it was really horrible. But so we decided to go because my dad was coming up. So we went to the cabin, but it was like basically just like it was, move the pain over move to the, the pain, cabin. Yes, which oh, it was God. beautiful. We posted a picture of the view and it was amazing, but he did. It's all done now, but it was like just such like I'm so sorry crazy. you like never get to go do things alone <laughs> and then it figures and your first day of work oh my god yeah it was nuts but luckily like my boss is super chill and she was like yeah go you know I get yeah. it and um and I just felt so bad for him I've never seen him in so much pain he really it was really awful like when people say it's like akin to childbirth I kind of believe it because I'm like I've heard that and yeah my um ex-brother-in-law used to get them um a lot and he yeah it was like the worst pain I've heard a lot of people say that it's like yeah childbirth. I'm like I don't know I'm like but it was yeah it was it was bad and and it was uh yeah it was a crazy thing but um the thing I love is um, that we did get this magical weekend away. Um, magical. We did get a weekend away. <laughs> we got a weekend away. <laughs> we got a weekend away. And it was, we went to this place, this cabin in Blue Ridge, Georgia, which is like the cutest town. Yeah, Blue it's Ridge so is great. fancy. Yeah. It's really, I've just, you know, I have preconceptions about Georgia, small mountain towns. And I just was like, oh, this is like really nice. It was beautiful. We started looking at like cabins to buy, even though we don't, can't buy anything. But I'll I was buy like, a cabin with you. right. I was like, I just, I, wouldn't it be nicer just to have a place in the mountains? I just sat on the porch. There was like a porch swing and I just sat there and like swung on the porch swing and like looked out at this beautiful view. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. This would be amazing. So that, I loved that. I love being in nature. Anytime I can be out in the mountains, it's just completely calming and wonderful. And so that is the thing I love. And I also love my husband. It was his birthday on Tuesday. And um, he's just so great. He's so Aww. great. And I'm so glad that he is feeling better because it was so sad to see him <laughs> hurt. Like yeah. That. Oh, man. Yeah. What a week. <laughs> what a week. All right. So my something dumb that I'm going to do this week is something that's uh, – pretty terrible um it obviously you guys all know about it uh hurricane dorian uh hit the bahamas this week and um right now there are still um 2500 people listed as missing nearly two weeks after 
um, the hurricane. And so it's uh, 70,000 people have almost lost, have lost almost everything. Um, And so they are definitely in need of our help. And um, I just wanted to really quickly um, read out ways, um, just a couple of ways that you can help if you wanted to, um, please do. Um, So you can actually tell Alexa like everybody has an Alexa or like yeah. an Echo or whatever, and you can just say, tell Alexa, Alexa, make a donation to Hurricane Delor- Dorian. Yeah, and where almost does it said go Hurricane to? Delorean. <laughs> Holy shit, Hurricane <laughs> Dorian. And so yeah, just tell tell Alexa, or you can um, call one eight hundred Help Now, um, and that is both for the Red Cross. But there are um, thousands of other ways that you can help too. I just wanted to name those two. And yeah, I thought that they- and I've read that. Um, you know, some people want to send stuff, like donate items, and that that actually in this at this stage, people don't have homes to put stuff in. It gives so, them more work to do. Yeah, gives, right now they just need financial. Yeah, help. it gives the, the yeah. aid workers are like overwhelmed, like trying to distribute stuff, and there's just not a way to do it. So, if you can contribute financially, that is that is how to help right now. And another way that you can help is to take in people that are displaced. So if you have room in your home, yeah, um, you can um, get with different organizations that are trying to place people that yeah. are looking for homes because it was, it's not only in the Bahamas, but there are people like there were was flooding in oh North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that is so dumb. dumb. Do you have something lighthearted? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to always end with something lighthearted. <laughs> uh, so something that I love um, right now, I am um, loving this show on um, Showtime. It's uh-huh. with, I haven't seen Kirsten Dunst in a while and I'm so happy to see her. I always love seeing her. Uh, me too. And she's like, she's so fucking good on the show, but it's called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Okay. And oh, it's yes, on so- yes, yes. Showtime and it's, it's so good. It's so well written. She is so fucking funny and yeah. she's great. And I'm just like really rooting for her to yeah. win some awards this year. Yeah. Because she's always kind of been snubbed in the award arena. Like right. she hasn't won anything. And she actually just did an art, um, an interview recently where she said that somebody asked her like, why do you think you've never won anything? And she said, I just think I don't really play the Hollywood. You have to like play the game. Right. You know what I mean? And she just doesn't, she, which I think is pretty cool about her. You yeah. Know, she's always just been an actress first. Right. And, um, but I think she does an amazing job, I'm so, and it makes me happy to see her. And it's set in the '80s, which is real fun. That's so fun, Anna. So, and the the soundtrack is amazing. Ooh, I have to um, Spotify that. Man, there's one song that like totally that came on, and it completely just brought back all of these emotions and feelings from like the '80s, which is hilarious because why <laughs> would I have these emotions around this song when I was like? Eight, right? But this it was that song that Michael Bolton. That's like, how could we be lovers if we can't be friends? How could we start up? You remember that song? Yeah, was that the song that you sent Robbie the robot out to? Yeah, I was like, how could we be lovers, Robbie, if we can't be friends? If you guys have it, that's on episode three, I think. Jen tells the story of professing my love to a kid with a robot yeah you have to go and listen if you haven't heard it go back and listen to that story i've gotten a lot of feedback from that story (laughs) but um and yeah so that's my something dumb something i love and uh thank you guys again for another amazing week yes thank you guys love you so much yes you guys are so great um if you think about it and have the time 
um, please rate and review the podcast. Um, that is, it's helped so much to do that and, and share it with a friend. That is actually the most helpful thing. If you can share the podcast, word of mouth, tell your friends about it. We would really love that. And, um, thank you guys again and get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum, da, dum, 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 da, dum, da, dum, da, dum, 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 d